Hey, this is Nikki McCrary, lead pastor at Eastern Heights Baptist Church in Statesboro, Georgia, where we exist to be a life-changing church. So as you listen, I pray that you will be encouraged in your walk with Christ and that your life will be forever changed as you grow in your relationship with Him. We certainly remember on this day, 9-11, those who brought evil into our world, those who fought against it, and we look forward to a day where evil will no longer exist. And we'll not have to worry about that. So, again, we'll never forget. If you have your Bibles this morning, find Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. You know, during the COVID days, especially in the very beginning when we were all sheltered into place, we didn't have exciting football like we had yesterday. And by the way, those Georgia Southern Eagles, look at what they did last night. I mean, tell you, I think we need to give them a hand, don't y'all? I mean... They put Statesboro, Georgia on the map last night. People out there in Cornville, they don't know where in the world we are at, right? But they do now. But anyway, uh, we, we didn't have all that good football stuff, so we watched months and months of Netflix, right? Well, even after a few months of Netflix, we got bored with that, and so we started finding out what were on channels 500 and above, right? And we started looking into those. I didn't even know we had those channels, you know. And uh, one of those channels that uh, I got into was the game show channel because it went back and it started playing all those game shows that I used to watch when I was a kid, right? And one of those game shows that I loved was called Press Your Luck, and it's what's inspired the title of today's message, Press Your Luck. And, and what it was, it was, a, it was a game that had a circular board of lights that would go around in, in a random order, and you would try to press your luck with the button and hope that light would stop on a dollar amount, because if it did, that's how much money you would accumulate into your bank account, right? And so you were always trying to get more and more money to accumulate into your account. But there was also another thing that was on that circular board that you didn't want to land on, and it was called a whammy. That's right, all right? And so you didn't want to hit a whammy, because if you hit a whammy, you lost all the money that you accumulated. If you hit it three times, then you were out of the game for good. Of course, the temptation of the whole thing is these lights are going around and you just are certain that you can push the button at the right time and that you'll be lucky enough that it doesn't land on a whammy but on the money because you want to accumulate as much money as you can. So you're always pressing your luck and keeping on playing. I think that's the way it is with our lives today. We have the mindset that we have plenty of a time. We have plenty of time to accomplish all that we want to accomplish and to accumulate all that we desire. And so every day we get up and we press our luck, believing that today will not be the day that lands on a whammy and that our life or our dash comes to an end. We do that every day. And so that's why we call this series the dash. We've been talking about that hyphen. It's in between your date of birth and your date of death. And you know, I haven't wanted to be morbid in this series in any kind of way talking about death because death, you know, well, honestly, we just don't like thinking about it, right? But this series hopefully has caused us to at least rethink and to refocus a little bit, not only about living, but also about dying because it is a reality of life. And you can't control your date of birth and you have little or nothing to say about your date of death. All you can control, we've been saying, is your dash. And whether you're going to waste your dash 
on things that don't matter or whether you're going to use your dash to make a difference in people's lives. And so we set our goal this whole series, set it every single week. That is, you need to recalibrate your priorities so that your lifestyle matches up with the consistent reality that the Bible says your life, your dash, no matter how long it might seem, is actually very, very brief. And it matters what you do with it. You know, I used to watch a lot of baseball. But baseball is anything but brief, right? And so with my ADHD, I kind of tuned out on it several years ago. But back when I was watching it, I watched a lot of the Braves, right? Because they were, they were the ones that were close by. Well, I don't know what happened, but a couple of years ago, my oldest daughter and her family, Christy, they have become Braves fanatics. I asked her the other day something about Alabama football. She didn't even know what time the game was coming on. I mean, she lost her mind. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. But they, they really have. They've become huge fans. They've attended a bunch of the games. They have changed their whole television subscription so that they can avoid the blackout and get every single game. Well, because they come on so late most of the time, the grandkids who are 10 and 8, they can't stay up that late to watch it. So they get up every morning and they watch the recap. And they don't only just watch the recap of the Braves, they watch all the other games too. And I'm telling you, my grandson Levi, he can tell you the stats on all those guys. He thinks Hank Aaron is going to sit on the left hand of God, okay? I mean, he loves Hank Aaron. That was a joke. I don't get excited. Uh, but anyway, he loves Hank Aaron. I mean, he is all into these. He's got... He's just so into it. I think it's what inspired him to win the state championship in Georgia this summer for the 8U group. Do you know how many 8U players there are in the state of Georgia? And he was one of 13. So, yeah, I'm just a little proud, okay? And so he has accumulated these things. He's gotten so much in it. I want you to look at this picture right here. They, they put this up in his room. Those bottom two ribbons have to do with that state championship, that green ribbon there on the right hanging down. He's got several baseballs that have been signed by some of the Braves players. Um, but right down here, that, that very bottom part of that wooden case right there, that is his state championship ring that covers three of my fingers, okay, is how big it is. I'm going, that is not fair, it's not fair that you get a ring like that. It's got 85 diamonds in it, I think. It's crazy. And so he's got that on display. And like some of you that love baseball, too, they love baseball. And it reminded me of the story of the two guys that love baseball a lot, Jim and Joe, right? They love baseball so much they talked about it constantly. They shared the stats with each other. They were always challenging each other with trivia about, do you know this and do you know that about the stats? They love baseball so much that they wondered and talked about whether baseball would be in heaven or not, right? And so they made a pact with each other that whoever died first would in some kind of way try to get word back to the other one as to whether there was indeed baseball in heaven. Well, Jim died. And a few weeks later, Joe was awakened in the middle of the night by a very familiar voice. Saying, Joe, Joe, wake up. I've got some news for you. I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. The good news is, Joe, man, there is baseball in heaven, and you would believe it is phenomenal. It is the most awesome thing you've ever seen in your life. I am having the time of my life up here with it. The bad news, Joe, is you're the starting pitcher this coming Tuesday. Well, I don't know if heaven going to have baseball or not, and I don't know all of the things it's going to have, but I know it's going to be a wonderful place to spend eternity. For those of us who know Jesus, 
And we need to be thinking about that because our life here on this earth is very brief. And so I have just felt compelled with this series to at least challenge you to not dash through your life, but to consider how short your dash is and how you're living it. And maybe that's why the Bible compares our life to a race because, you know, a race has a definite start and it has a definite end to it. And you know what? So does our dash. I mean, let's be honest. When we say that we're aging, that's just a nice way of saying we're dying. And when we say, you know what? You're getting older. That's just another nice way of saying you're on your way to dying. Right? And we just don't like thinking about it or talking about it. And we especially don't like adjusting our life to match up with how really short that it is. And I mean, we all say, you know, this is the day the Lord's given us. We need to make the most of it. And we're blessed to have this day. And I woke up on the right side of the dirt and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. But we really don't reflect what we're saying in the way we're going about doing our life for the most part. And that's why God constantly reminds us that this life on earth is a mist. It's a vapor. It's a fog. It's only here for a little while, and then it is indeed gone. And so we have looked at what Moses said about it, what Solomon said. We've looked twice at what Jesus said about it. Last week, we looked at what James says. Today, we're going to close with what Paul has to say about it in Ephesians chapter 5. Look at it with me, verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So let's read that again. So be careful how you live. Don't press your luck. Don't live like fools. Don't press your luck. But like those who are wise, don't press your luck. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't press your luck. Don't act thoughtlessly. Don't press your luck. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. There's a Greek word that is used for this word opportunity, and it means time, and some of your versions might even use the word redeem your time, because in the Bible, time is a big deal because we don't have much of it. And so Paul is saying it's foolish to press your luck when it comes to time. If you're taking notes, write this down. You can't make more time, so you need to make the most of it. It's simply foolish on our part to give huge amounts of time to minor endeavors, but fools, they do it all the time. And you know what? Unfortunately, we're all born with this foolish propensity because of our sin nature to go at life on our own terms and try to spend our time the way that we want to spend it instead of the way the Lord has told us he wants us to do it. And we get a warning in Psalm 14, verse 1. It says, only fools say in their hearts there is no God. And David's not talking about an atheist here. He's really not. He's talking about that person who lives life like God doesn't matter. He's also talking about doing life like it doesn't matter even if there is a God. It's that person who thinks and make decisions without ever factoring God into the equation of it. Like many of those that we studied over these last weeks, they weren't bad 
people. They weren't immoral people. They didn't not believe in God. They just lived life without God in the equation. Basically, a functioning atheist because they never thought about what God wanted them to do. And you know what God says? When you live life that way, whether it was back then or whether it's today, you're a fool. But see, when a person gets saved, we're given the spirit of wisdom, which means we don't have to live like a fool anymore. We've been given the spirit of wisdom inside of us that helps us to know what we should do that is wise, and it gives us insight on how to invest our time because our time is so short. 1 Peter 1 verse 17 says, And remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. See, some of you in here thought you were God's favorite, didn't you? I know. You can smile. Well, you're not. All right. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residence. God's saying, you know, we must be thinking about how we are investing our time and how God wants us to do that. And so I hope this series has inspired you to do exactly that. And several of you have shared with me that this series has inspired you a lot. Matter of fact, somebody told me the other day they've been inspired so much they were going to start staying awake through the whole message from now on out. I said, hey, I'll take a win wherever I can get it, right? But the wise person seeks the will of God all the time, not just some of the time or when you think you need it. They seek God all of the time. But you know what? Living life can alter how we factor God into living that out, right? I mean, we mean well, but living life just kind of bumps God to the back burner sometimes. But we have to remember, our life is on loan from God. So instead of just spending it, we need to invest it. And there's a big difference. Big difference. Remember, we talked a few weeks ago, and for those of you that missed it, I wanted to make sure you got it because it's very important. We said there's three ways that you can invest your life well. Number one was with your treasures. Your finances, okay? We said that tithing is a biblical principle where you give 10% of everything that God has blessed you with financially. You give that to the church so that the work of the church and the building of the kingdom through the church can be accomplished, all right? We said you can give your treasure. That's the way to invest well in living for God. We also said you could give above and beyond that 10%. You could give another extra 1% or 2% or 5% or 10 or whatever God's blessed you with to our current building fund, which is going for the renovation of the Williams building and our brochure that's going to have all of that itemized that you can buy a chair or a table or, or a lamp or whatever that's needed in there. You can do that individually or you can just give in a general way and it'll go for all the things that got to be done. And it's going to be a lot, folks. But you know what? I believe God has given us the riches to be able to do that with if we will invest our treasure in the way God shows us. Second way was with our talents. Our talents, the things that we're good at doing. And so if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, if you don't know how that fits into a ministry here at our church and you'd like to know more about that, I want to encourage you to come next Sunday. We're going to be in the R of our DARE process, which stands for recognize. And it's recognizing your spiritual gift and where your talents are and where you can fit into a ministry here and be passionate about serving God, doing something, making a difference in somebody's life. That class is next Sunday at 1.30. Today, we're in the A part of DARE, the apply class. It's at 3 o'clock if you want to come. We'd be glad to have you. But we serve with God. We invest with our treasures. We invest with our talents. And then today, we're talking about that third one, time. 
And you know, it takes all three to invest our lives well in building the kingdom of God. Because Jesus isn't just offering us life after death. Jesus is actually offering us life instead of death. Right here, right now, in our lives at this moment. A life that matters, a life that counts, and a life that makes a difference. You know, I think Christianity over the years has kind of made God smaller than He really is. And what I mean by that is we've spent so much time focusing on how to get into heaven, and that is certainly important, and the Bible certainly tells us how to do that. But I think sometimes we've kind of passed over the part where the Bible also answers the question, you know what, if I wake up in the morning, do I have a reason to get out of bed? Do I have a reason to get out of bed? If you live another 10 years, 30 years, 50 years, is your purpose for being on this earth, is it enough to carry you through those years? If not, you need to be thinking about that. So live wise with your limited resource of time. Don't waste it making big deals out of little deals. And so Paul comes along, he gives us some great time management principles in which to live out our dash wisely. The first one is this. He said, if you're going to press your luck, press it where God is working. Because it doesn't matter if you hit your target if it's not what God purposed for your life. It, it'll be meaningless. That's where Solomon ended up, right? He got outside of God's purpose and life became meaningless for him. Go back to Ephesians 5.17. Don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do. You know, we're going to be talking about this more in our upcoming series starting next week called Unstoppable, where we're going to go back in the book of Acts and we're going to look at how the early church functioned to reach the culture of the first century. But we're not going to be able to get stuck there in the past because it's going to be very important that we understand how God worked to reach in that first century culture, but we got to understand for the most part it's not how we're going to reach the 21st century culture. Now, the principle is not going to change, but the methods will have to, and we want to be a church that reaches the culture of today. And so we have to ask a better question. We have to answer not only just what happened looking backward, but we have to ask what's going to happen looking forward. Not just how God moved back then, but how is God moving now? And then press your luck to invest your life in something that's going to give you a much higher chance to be where God is right now. I don't know about you, though. It's kind of hard, though, to see where God is working sometimes, right? Because the days are so evil. But I'm reminded that the light shines brightest where it's darkest. And so if you're shining your dash for Jesus, it doesn't matter how big it is or how little it is. It doesn't matter how short it is or how long it is. As long as you're shining your light so that people see Jesus through your dash, it will not be wasted, I believe. So God says to make sure that you press your luck where he's working. The second thing is press your luck in God moments. This is the final thing. Press your luck in God moments. Now, most of you know I don't throw out a lot of uh, Hebrew words from the Old Testament or Greek words from the New Testament because I'm a firm believer you don't have to know Greek 
to get into heaven. Matter of fact, that's what I told my professors at seminary. And they agreed. They just said I wouldn't be able to talk to anybody when I got up there. So, I don't know. But anyway. As I said earlier, though, there, there was this Greek word used for time that Paul used. And, and there's actually two words for time. There, there's the first one, chronos, which actually means the sequential time, minute to minute to minute, or hour to hour, month to month, year to year, whatever. It's where we get the word chronology from, right? But there's another Greek word for time that's kairos, okay? And what that word means, it's a right now kind of time. It means the opportune time. It, it's kind of like if you were to use it in a sentence, it's, it's time for me to get gas in my vehicle, kairos, right now, okay? Can't go another mile. I got to get it now. I know. We've got that problem in my family too. I won't tell you whose it is, but anyway. And you ask, well, how do I know when these God moments are? How do I know when these right times are? Well, the Bible says that if you as a Christian are walking in the Spirit, you will recognize those God moments. You will see them. God's Spirit will tell you. But if you're not walking in the Spirit, you're going to totally miss them. You'll totally miss them. You'll see it as a coincidence, or you'll see it as chance, or you'll see it as whatever. But in a world as dark as ours, it's not hard to see where light is needed. So, in my opinion, coincidences become opportunities very, very quickly for those who walk in the Spirit with their dash. Colossians 4, verse 5. says, Live wisely among those who are unbelievers and make the most of every opportunity. See, even fools can figure out time, but what they can't do is they can't figure out moments. But as Christians, you ought to be able to do that. You shouldn't be just going through your dash with no thought of how you're spending your time. You need to be able to see those moments. And it's taken me a long time to understand that rarely, if ever, do God moments find themselves scheduled. Do you notice that? God moments are rarely, if ever, scheduled. They happen. And you've got to be ready and you've got to be aware of them. So don't miss this. God is moving in His story to interact with your story so that you can tell your story to somebody else who needs to hear it. And He's doing that every single day. You know, when I became lead pastor here in January of 2020, I had a lot of dreams. I'd been here for 10 years as youth pastor already. So God had been building those dreams for some time. 23 of them, matter of fact. And I've shared those 23 dreams with you over the past two and a half years. When I first became pastor here, I called up my lifelong mentor who's, who's been mentoring me for over 40 years now. And I excitedly shared with him all those 23 goals and dreams. And he was very excited with me. And he says, man, I tell you, that, that is awesome, man. That sounds so exciting. He said, whatever you do, don't lose those dreams. You hold on to those dreams. God gave them to you for a reason. But like all mentors, there was another word of advice coming. He said, you hold on to those dreams because God gave them to you for a reason. But whatever you do... Don't miss the God moments of each day as pastor. And he said, also, don't miss the God moments that are going to come in the seasons 
of pastoring your church. Because there will be seasons. And so I took that great advice and I shoved it in my back pocket because I didn't need it at the moment. Man, we were, we were going. I had my dreams, you know. But those dreams were abruptly changed during a pandemic of epic proportions that affected all of us, right? And you know what? Those challenges have continued to be challenges even up to, I don't know, right now, today. And so like many of you who've had dreams and goals for your dash, I have asked myself the question, God, why would you give me those dreams if you were going to cause them to come to an abrupt halt and just seemingly be dashed? And I've also asked myself the question, you know, God, why have your moments been so hard and filled with pain over these last two and a half years and been so different from what I envisioned? And each time God and my godly wife and many of you have encouraged me and reminded me that, hey, this life is filled with pain and hardships, and it always will be. But whatever you do, you keep making your plans to join in on my moments because if you do, I will be here to direct your steps moving forward. And so like you, I've been trying to live my best dash with the wonderful life that God has blessed me with and the amazing, amazing privilege to pastor Eastern Heights Baptist Church and be the shepherd of such a great group of people. And to lead us, hopefully, and prayerfully, to greener pastors than we've ever been before. And to try not to miss one single God moment with the dash that I personally have left. And that's what I've been trying to do these last six weeks, is I've been trying to encourage you to do the same. Don't waste your dash trying to win the wrong race. And again, because of my profession, I'm forced to face a race that's coming to an end much more often than you are. But one thing that I found in common with every funeral that I've either attended or presided over is that the duration of the dash is not nearly as important as the donation of the dash. So what's your donation? Don't waste your life chasing the more. Chase the moments that make the most of it. The God moments. Most of you will remember, or many of you will, the shootings at Virginia Tech. It was in 2007, so some of you are too young to recall that, but not too many weeks after the shootings, they decided to have a Christian memorial service to honor those who had been killed. 
So Philip Yancey, the great Christian author, was invited to come speak. They felt like he was very qualified because he had written a couple of books. One of them was called Disappointment with God. Another one was called Where is God When It Hurts? But see, there were a lot of Christians, believers that were killed in that massacre. And so I too believe he's more qualified than myself to put it into words because he had experienced a near-death experience just a couple of months prior to his speaking engagement. And so I, I want to read you what Philip Yancey said at the memorial address at the Virginia Tech shootings. He said, What happened in Blacksburg on April the 16th demonstrates beyond all doubt that your life, the decisions you make, what you believe, the kind of person you are, matters now. Indeed, we can count on nothing but the present moment. 28 fellow students and five of your faculty have no future. For them, this life is ended. That reality came starkly home to me exactly two months ago when I was driving on a winding road in Colorado. Suddenly I missed a curve at 60 miles per hour and my Ford Explorer slipped off the pavement and tumbled down a hill. I spent seven hours that day strapped to a bodyboard with duct tape across my head to keep it from moving. A CAT scan showed that a vertebrae high on my neck had been shattered and sharp bone fragments were protruding right next to a major artery. I had one arm free with a cell phone and little battery time left. And I spent those tense hours calling people close to me, knowing it might be the last time for me to hear their voices. It was an odd sensation to lie there helpless. Aware that though I was fully conscious, my brain intact, if indeed the artery had been pierced at any moment, I could die. Samuel Johnson said, when a man knows he is to be hanged, it concentrates his mind wonderfully. I must tell you that when you're strapped to a bodyboard after a serious accident, that also concentrates the mind. When you survive a massacre at Virginia Tech, it concentrates the mind. As I lay there, I realized how much of my life focused on trivial things. Trust me, during those seven hours, I did not think about how many books I had sold or what kind of car I drove it was being towed to the junkyard anyway or how much money I had in my bank account. All that mattered boiled down to a few basic questions. Who do I love? Who will I miss? What have I done with my life? Am I ready for what's next? Ever since that day, I've tried to live with those questions more at the forefront. The dash could come to an end at any moment. What are you doing with yours? Father, we are grateful that we have had this moment in time. Over these last six weeks, even, 
to talk about not only living but dying because our dash is so brief. And yet, all of us here today, all those listening to my voices, we've been blessed to have six weeks to think about it. There have been others during the six weeks whose dash has come to an end. Some due to long illnesses. Some who had long lives in our thoughts and minds. And some who even abruptly this last week lost at such a young age and so Father help us to invest our dash as wisely as we can for it is brief and may everything that we do with it honor you thank you that my dash was changed because of Jesus coming to know him as my Lord and Savior when I was 14. I pray, Father, there's one here that has never met Jesus as their Lord and Savior that right now they would ask him into their heart to save them of their sins, to turn their life and control their life over to him right now, to use the rest of their dash, however long or however short it may be, to honor and glorify you, Father, in your kingdom. I pray for all of us here who have met Jesus at some point but have been dashing through life basically as a functioning atheist because we have not given much thought to how you want us to live. May that change even now. And we ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. As you saw, we are going to start a new series next week called Unstoppable from the Book of Acts. I hope that you will be here. I believe it's going to be a very, very powerful series that we will be in for some time. And so I uh, hope that you'll be back and invite someone to come. I'm really glad that you're here today. Made the commitment to uh, be here to serve the Lord, to serve His people, and to worship Him. Thank you, worship team, each and every week for leading us, preparing our hearts. We hope you were encouraged by this message today. If you would like more details on our church, please visit us at ehbcstatesboro.org.